Hi, this is Future Adam just jumping in here to give a little bit of an announcement. Following today's episode, we're going to be taking a short break from the scheduled release of the podcast. Fryn is currently reaching the end of their PhD and just needs a little bit of time to focus on that and work on that and get that ready. So we are going to be taking maybe one or two releases off just so that they can focus on that and also have a bit of a break once that is done and have some like well-earned rest. I hope that's something you all understand. We'll be back soon to like finish off Embrace. We won't leave it on too much of a cliffhanger and we won't be away for too long. I'd have loved to give like an exact date, but it's just going to be what we feel up to and when Fryn feels ready to start releasing again. But I imagine late August, sometime in September, we'll start releasing episodes again. And we have been recording recently, like the end of Embrace and all of the episodes to come. Some stuff happens. They're good. We'll be coming back just to the finale. And I say finale as if it's like one episode, but it's several. And I think there's a lot of fun episodes to come, a lot of fun moments to come. And I hope you look forward to it. It's not all bad news, though, because if you're missing some Flimsy Rituals content, I am going to be streaming some solo games of Rhine, the the game that we played for Tiding sometime soon, hopefully starting in the next couple of weeks. I've been doing some like polls on Twitter to see like what kind of game we want to play. I think people have said that we want to focus on a territory or region under change, so like one remnant is there and like a new remnant's coming in and I'm going to be playing as either a guide or a spirit and just exploring you know, one person's life and, and what happens to them when that happens. It'll be a chance for me to test out some of the solo rules and like probably develop some of them as we go and you can come and join and and join in the stream and still get your own content. Uh, we will probably be putting all of that stuff on YouTube too. So keep an eye on our Twitter and we will let you know when that's starting. The Nimkalads weren't the only ones kidding themselves. We were guilty of it as anyone. They were easy, caught up in that comforting story of a revolution of the people, of us, the great us, the universal us against the reviled them. Already there were tears forming in the fabric of our banners, and soon we'd all be grasping at them each of us claiming that we should be the ones to hold them aloft, would tear the whole canvas apart. We started then. Last reach were a mess. It was, by any account, a victory for us, but it were like chewing on grosha. With each bite, it only come to taste more and more bitter. We should have returned triumphant. Those comrades, long withheld from us, welcomed back to the fold. Our assembly stood, triumphant atop the city, held there by our own jubilant will. We of course knew that the Nimshifts were planning an attack. That it might, it probably would, come that day. The forces of counter-revolution were never going to just let us win. And we knew, too, that there were those in our midst we could not trust that the Nimshifts would be tipped off, they'd know or think that we were distracted or weak. But we had our plans, 
we had our contingencies, but we were distracted. Our focus were not drawn away from the nimshifts, but bound to them. We should have known that they weren't the only wolves circling. Welcome to These Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Fryn Henderson. Hello, I'm Fryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Therin. And Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can find me on Twitter at addtdixon, and you can find the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. There's also flimsyrituals.com, you can find us there. You can find our Discord, free links from that website and on our Twitter. And we also now have a Patreon that you can find at patreon.com forward slash these flimsy rituals. Today we're continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. And as always, all of the music featured in the season is from Satin by Kai Engel. So, let's jump straight in. Ash. Hi. The last time we saw you, um... Everything was fine. Every, everything was totally fine. You just confirmed Straunimclad's fears that someone was trying to assassinate him by bursting through the cut into, into their room. I mean, I like, to, I like to think that I've actually given him a bit of hope that anyone who is trying to assassinate him is completely incompetent, and thus he shouldn't worry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that there won't be any repercussions from this. The thing that we saw after that is you trying to escape the room. I think Jossa managed to get out, and then you slipped into the cut to try and escape. Yeah, that sounds like me. You're injured, right, Ash? You are bleeding from your stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty badly. And I think the cut has a weird texture this time. Now that you're in it, everything is shifting and strange. It's as if you can feel the whole disorientating weight of it. Now that I guess you're not in like full health, so th- this is this is what it's like for everyone else, kind of situation. Maybe, but also it's just worse. Like it's as if something in the cut is doing something to you. Like something in the cut is responding violently towards you. Oh, good. That's. Um... I don't mean like violently as in attacking, but like as you'd think of like water being violent. Hmm. Okay. And this is like the consequence of your last role. I think when where we ended with you last episode, you managed to get away, but you, you had a consequence. Where are you trying to go now that you're back in the cup? What's the direction that Ash is running, or is Ash just running? The Well, the direction he's trying to go is out of that room. Mm. He wants to stay within the area. He wants to stay in the prison. But I kind of imagine him sort of dipping in and out almost and just like trying to find a safe place somewhere on this island yeah. that he can hide and you know shake the just lose the heat basically i think you get out of the room fairly easily i think the impression of the cut that you get in this immediate space because i imagine the interior of this building is imagine you took a fairly grand palace maybe with like light blue and pink decorations and tiles and wallpaper and let it decay for a few hundred years and then converted it into a prison that's what this place feels like 
So some of it's been restored, but like not very well. And the areas that have been restored have been, you know, where the guards and the officers are. But the rest of it is kind of a bit run down. I think the version of this you run through is almost that ghost of a building. It's it's it in its full glory. And it's bright and it's shining. And I think as your feet hit the tiled tiled floor, it echoes infinitely. Oh, cool. So it's just like a, a background reverb yeah. constantly going on. And do you know, like, when you're watching a film and they overplay a footsteps echo, it's that. Yeah. So it's, like, very loud. And you run for a little bit, and then you, you're just running through one of these corridors, and then all of a sudden it, it feels as if, like, everything twists. And Ash is just slung. Without really falling... You're now laid with your shoulder on the hard tile floor. And you can feel something pulling you. Dare I ask, pulling me in what direction? Out of this place. I think you immediately know something has found you and is trying to pull you out of the cut to someplace else. And cool. this is this is the consequence, yeah. I don't think you can see anything or, like, there's no physical manifestation it's not like vines wrapped around your legs or someone grabbing you do you know in a film you have those shots where like someone gets punched through like multiple buildings or multiple rooms or like through multiple floors it's a bit like that but imagine like each floor is an entirely different space because it's the cut it's just bewildering and it's almost as if less like you're being pushed through those spaces more and more like those spaces have been pushed into a space that you're in it's wild yeah do i recognize any of them or is it all like just strange or is it just going past too fast to really get a a grip um i think it's all going past too fast there's a lot of like archetypes of places you'd see in the cut like you can see bits of Riddell's bone shaped into into rooms you can see tunnels like the tunnels that you saw around the winter's lodge or like rough stone you can see bits of bismuth gleam as they chunk in and then like fade away but yeah, how does Ash react? Does Ash let this happen, or does Ash try and get away? I think having control taken away from him in the car is... It's a lot. Like, mm. this is his home territory, and it's like, you know... It's 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 almost like the, the same sort of feeling as when somebody's broken into your house. There's that, that feeling of lo- loss of control and loss of security in something that you normally feel extremely safe in. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, I think I think he fights it. I think he's he's kind of grabbing on, not not like necessarily being dragged along the ground, but he's trying to sort of focus himself and try and just get a mental grip on one of these spaces to anchor him, himself in. Yeah. Do you have the map on you? Uh, always, yeah. Well, not always, but here, yes, definitely this time. I think the map starts to float in front of you. Oh. And as you look at the map in front of you. There's a weird out-of-body experience as your Ash stood staring at the map and your Ash running along the grooves that have carved into its strange bismuth exterior. And these are probably like grooves that you have traced time and time again with your fingers, trying to work out the different places in the cut and where they all lead to and how to find your way around it. And it's almost as if as you stare at this map, you can see yourself and the direction you're heading. It's almost as if this bismuth map is part of the thing that is pulling you onwards. I think 
you realize with like sudden dawning clarity that you're heading to that rocky lump on one side of the bismuth map. You're heading towards where the jackal's compound is. And you're ah. being pulled there. And yeah, this is the consequence of your role. So if you want to resist, you can. But if not, you're going oh. to be pulled full force into the jackal's compound. Oh, God. Um... I will say here and now, if you once you're there, you will not be able to get back in time for the score. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, that changes things. Fuck. I have to do everything um... myself around these plots. No one ever fucking <laughs> pitches in. It's all, oh, I'll come on a prison break with you, but then you turn up and they're just dicking around the jackal compound. Like, you might be able to, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't... Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, No, even over curiosity, family comes first. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to try and resist it. Okay. How do you resist this? How do you get out of this? Um, I think, like I I described before, it's trying to get a mental fix on a place and... Mm. The way Ash uses the map isn't by kind of following the lines; it's by connecting to places on the map and and sort of connecting those in his mind to places in the real world. So it's focusing on the part of him that's not inside the map and focusing on the the palace and mostly on his mum okay. because that's what he's here for. I mean, that sounds like resolve to me. Yeah, I think so. That is a four. So I'm going to take... Two stress. Two stress, yep. Mm. So I'm out. Sorry, Ezra. See ya. Only for now. It's like only for a Only for now, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get a trauma. And I'll think about what that's going to be in the future. Do get to clear your stress, though, importantly. I do, yeah. I think the thing we see is we see a shot of the outside of the palace. It's dark because dawn hasn't come yet. And we're just watching a little piece of the wall that has like vines coming down it. And we see a couple of birds are there nesting. And all of a sudden, just ash appears, busts out of like the wall, like halfway up. The birds go, like, fluttering off, and then, like, Ash just gets pulled straight back to, to, like, where he came from. And we probably get, like, another couple of shots of that as Ash is is kind of struggling to to pull himself out of the cup. Does that make sense to you, Steve? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the idea because, like, resisting something means that the consequence just doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen or is lessened. This was a desperate one, right? Oh, okay. So sure. I think in this case, what I might do is I'm going to start a four-step clock, which is you're going to get pulled through the cup, but not yet. You have four clock segments to spend. Oh, okay. And because you're like an hour in the future, no, hour in the past, sorry. Yay, time travel. Basically, you can use each of those segments either to have a scene. So if you're like, all right, Ash is going to go and get his mum out of jail you can do that or you can do it whenever i describe something on scene to be like no ash has already like dealt with that almost like a flashback or resistance role you, you you've got four of oh, those. right i like that this is fun okay cool I, I i'm kind of imagining like ash is just hopping into and out of the cut doing things before like anyone gets here absolutely delighted for you to 
put me in a bad situation and then for Ash to be like, no, I solved that in the past, roll terribly and make it worse. Yep, yep, yep. When <laughs> when when have I ever made things worse, Thryn? How dare you? <laughs> oh, that's going to be good. Okay. So speaking of like making things worse, should, should we go to our tour? <laughs> Savage. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Hello. I think you were heading into like the main gatehouse building, right? Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, we were after opening the gate up so that the prisoners, the nappers are about to release, fingers crossed, can head straight out into the courtyard. Yeah. Um, and I think you head downstairs on the roof because you'd, you'd been there sabotaging the, the two ballista. Sabotaging some siege weaponry, yeah, yeah which but... went actually surprisingly well. Yeah, yeah, Ezra apparently good at that. Um, and I think you you go downstairs and you're in... I think the building itself, I think we described as being fairly like wide and open, at least on the bottom floor. It's almost like a large atrium space takes up probably the front third of the building past the gatehouse. I imagine it being like a large courtyard space in the front that's like bright and airy and probably slightly windowed from above. And then the rest of it, which is the bit that you're in, is there's like a balcony and then a lot of the palace is built back from that. And I think you come downstairs and ahead of you is the balcony. To your right, you can kind of go down the long corridors and into like the various rooms of the palace. But to your left is a couple of stories of a drop and then like the courtyard itself and the gate mechanisms. But I think before you get a chance to really work out where you're going, you hear some footsteps coming from one side of you, like from the right hand side. What do you do? Oh, hide. Is there a place to hide? Um, I guess you could go back up the stairs. Yeah, maybe just scooch back up the stairs a little way. Yeah. I think the footsteps keep getting closer. And I think as they get close, you you reckon there's maybe like three or four of them, like three or four sets of footsteps. And there seems to be a few people talking to each other. One of them's like, you heard what this what they said that they're gonna take this place. We should not say in. You know, we we should mutiny, but and then um I think another person in that group's like, give off. Nim collateral old this place. It's just a nim shift trick. Strau said it. We know it. What we're gonna gonna side with a load of prisoners. <sighs> Might come back down the stairs, actually. <laughs> but yeah, like, there, there seems to be... A, it felt like they were going to head to the stairs as you, like, stood there, but, like, they seem to have just stopped in the corridor and there's, like, seems to be a small argument going on. Yeah, I, is Crick still with me? Crick was with me, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think we've known each other long enough that there is a look or a hand signal for we're about to do something stupid. And then it's like mustering all the fake bravado and confidence they can possibly get and just swaggering down the stairs. I think the three of them that are there, like, swivel to look at you. All right. Uh, uh, hello? 
So, I mean, I hate to burst your bubble. You're having a, a, a spirited discussion and I respect that, but it uh, might be a bit late for Nim Collateral old the place, if you ask me. So, I mean, just my professional opinion. They're, they're like looking at you, like squinting. Um, I think there are three of them. Um, one of them, who was like the first voice, I think is quite like a tall, thin woman uh, with like long black hair. There is like a short squat man with like who is balding, who would, who I think was the other one that was talking. And then like stood in the back with folded arms is like a teenager, maybe. Mm-hmm. That they've just joined this job, and all of them are wearing like a guard's uniform, carrying a club. And are wearing like a simple metal breastplate. And for the teenager, it's obvious that they've just been given something that's too big for them. And I think it's the teenager that talks, it's like, Are you one of the cleaning? You you're not a guard, right? No, you you're not where who are you? It's hard to say, isn't it? In in these trying times. Is that um that your breastplate or you just borrowed one? Um, they like tap it. A couple of times, like it's mine now. I think, and then like the the slightly squatter person, like, no, you're renting it. It's not yours. It's still company's. I'm sorry, you're renting your equipment from the prison. How much they charge you for that? Couple of percent. Oh, it's done, isn't it? You you could not rent equipment. Don't want to get stabbed, or do I? Ezra taps their work gear, which I think they are still wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like. I mean, if I couldn't do the job without it, could I? So why would I be paying them to have it? In fact, they should be giving it to me so that I can do my job. Is that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't know about being a guard, obviously, but would you be able to do your job without your armour? What I'm saying is, it just seems like a misuse of equipment and funds. And, you know, it's a bit of a disrespect to you, isn't it, to be asking you to fork out for your own safety? I mean, you'd think, honestly, we all the... And they gesture to the kind of grumbling noises outside. You know, all the to-do, you'd be getting a bit of hazard pay, but I, I imagine that's off the table. When's the last time you lot went home? The, the teenager at the back's like, I, I'm, uh, I, I saw my dad three days ago? Three days ago. We do shifts. That's how it works. Yeah, how long is your shift? Two weeks on, a couple of days off. Pays well, you know. Does it? I think, like, quickly, I was like, Ezra, we, we're getting a little bit distracted here. What What's going on? Sorry, it's just, you know, you you go to all these union meetings and, you know, everyone just assumes everyone's, you know, heard the good news, and then you talk to someone on the ground, and it's it's all it's all just so much worse than you think, isn't it? Like these two week shifts and a couple of days off, and you think, and they just accept it like it's normal, like that's fair fair dues, fair pay, and you think, well, obviously we're not reaching far enough, are we? It just puts it into perspective for you a bit. You lads in a union. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, the tall woman like jabs a thumb. Into her chest, like, yeah, I am. Ehrlich's not, though. Couldn't convince him. Well, why not? Just not a fan of dignity. Can't go enough ruffling no feathers, you know? I got my job, I like it. Don't, don't want to risk. Gotta be a realist here, aren't you? It's alright for you, is all I'm saying. Hey, Ezra t- turns away from him to talk to the woman who's in a union. <laughs> Who are you, anyway? It- I think it like Ehrlich continues like who, who are you? What 
you're you're one of them. And like he starts pointing to the outside. Maybe. Uh, uh, and he starts like grasping for a whistle. What do you do? I'm gonna go for the whistle. Okay. Is this like your new move, or is this something else? Oh, actually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can not to be screwed with for this. Um, which is, you can push yourself to cause someone to be intimidated. They might hesitate, pick a different target, lose their cool, etc. So is this you, like, grabbing the whistle and and saying something? Yeah, I think it's like grabbing the whistle, moving away from him, and then trying to be a bit like, you know, look, you've got time to not be here when this gets worse. You seem nice enough. And this is obviously not what you're getting paid for. I think it's an unreasonable work condition, honestly, and I don't think you should put up with it, so... I think this is probably a consort, maybe? Yeah. It feels like a consort. Mm, yeah. But, like, in an intimidating way, like an I'm on your side and I don't want to hurt you, but in the way that, like, a teacher is obviously about to lose their cool with you, but is trying very hard to be like, let's be reasonable. I want to be your friend, do you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think this is controlled standard. Okay. I mean, maybe it's controlled great if you're uh, pushing yourself, actually. I've got Crick with me as well, who is intimidating. Yeah. I guess that's up to you to pick. Do you want the extra dice or do you want to increase the effect to great? I want to increase the effect because I've got two dice in consort. Okay, yeah. I think increasing the effect means that if you're successful, you've basically convinced the group. Okay. That's a five. So you hesitate, withdraw and try a different approach or do it with a minor consequence. I'm trying to think of like what this ends up being here. I mean, could I convince the two of them who seemed sympathetic but not the whistle man? Uh yeah. I quite like that. Uh, I I think you, you grab the whistle and you know, you sort of like stir him down. Yeah, I think just uncomfortably close to his face, maybe. I think he pushes you. And, like, turns to the other two and goes, you two want to end up on Mork's mantle? I won't be part of it. And just, like, starts to storm off. I lean in to the other two, be like, how likely is he to cause a fuss over this? I think as you're doing that, Crick fully steps up, grabs the club from, from, like, the side of his belt and just, like, clubs him around the back of the head. Well, all right. That... That would solve it. Sorry, you'll be right. You didn't really like him, though, did you? No, in fairness, I did not, but... I think he's saying that to the other two guards. <laughs> and two of them just lock each other. Okay, how about... How about this? You two, grab your mate there, take him back to whatever break room you have. God willing, you've got a break room, at least. And, uh... Make yourselves a cuppa. Stay in there for the next... I would I would give it an hour just to be safe. And um, if you hear a lot of noise, no, you didn't. No. How about that? No, we're helping. We're in for it all. Let's go. And they, they start to walk down the corridor. <laughs> and I think this is the other half of that consequence. I think... I yeah. think that they're, they're, they're in. They're, they're, they're fully in. Okay. <laughs> and All right. I think the, I the woman turns to like Riss and goes like, Riss, 
you go to a break room, see who else you can get in. Right, I'm gonna... And, like, she smiles to herself and is like, there's a captain I'd like to have words with. And starts to head away. Oh, no. It's, it's, gonna, get, it's gonna get messy, isn't it? It's gonna get messy. In case we're just not... Uh... Looks at Crick and is like, all right, we might want to speed this up a bit. Crick nods and, like, looks down the courtyard to the gatehouse and is like, is that where we got to get to? Do you want to give us a lift? I don't think sneaking about is going to do it anymore, actually. It's a fucking lot of them. Yeah, well, we'll be quick. And, yeah, there is between you and the gatehouse... You're sort of like on the third or fourth floor balcony and mm-hmm. there is this like steep drop that you can use to fly down to the gatehouse, to like the gate itself. In that courtyard is a small squadron of guards, mostly the Hellebore guards. Some of them have guns, but most of them have like swords and shields. There's probably about a dozen of them near the gate itself. Okay. We brought explosives. You probably Which we did. have not yet used. Always. Yeah. I like where this is going. What if we were to cause an explosion at the opposite end of this courtyard to the gatehouse before we fly down there? You could absolutely do that, yeah. I know it will not distract them for long, but... I will say that, Ash, if you wanted to have done anything that will help this situation, you can have. I was just thinking that, actually. <laughs> Um, There's ample time for you to have like planted explosives or have gotten prisoners out. Or... Yeah, two things like that I've, I've sort of planned, I guess, mm. would be um, like putting a stash of explosives with some kind of like painted symbol above it, like a sort of a symbol that's known to us, like some kind of you know one of those like um... carousel fish. Oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like a fish painted on the wall, very crudely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, yeah, I guess Ash sort of, like, popped out, realised there was no one around, and that eventually people were going to have to come in through here. So Ezra will definitely recognise this, just takes all of the stuff he's got and just chucks it in a hole at the base of the wall. Okay. And the other thing can maybe wait, I think. Okay. That sounds like it's a setup role. Yeah, I think so. Am I setting this up in a way that it's going to... That if you that you can just trigger it from where it is, or am I hiding it for you to find? It's entirely up to you. Like, is it is it that Ezra does some explosives and there are already some primed to go, so it just gets bigger, or is it that you're stashing something? Yeah, like if they're just stashed, if I can throw an explosive at them vaguely accurately enough, the whole thing's going to go up anyway. So. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um. In that case, I guess I'll do a finesse. Okay. Um, is this like a fortune roll or a, a still risky? Um, yeah, I think it's risky standard. Mm, no, controlled, I think. Let's give it this one controlled, because I think giving you space for stuff to get worse if you fail and have, have choices <laughs> about whether to stay in it is is probably more interesting. I've got four of these, so let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's start off easy and build. Uh, remember you get minus one dice. <laughs> well, um... Even if I... So, <laughs> I rolled a 1 on the 1 dice I rolled, so the, it doesn't matter what I'd roll on the other dice, it's still a 1. Okay. Oh, good good use of that clock. <laughs> um, so you falter. Press on by seizing a risky opportunity or draw and try a different approach. Maybe you land somewhere. Maybe there's like... How, how does Ash realise that he's alone 
How does Ash realize that he's back in the palace? What what does that moment look like? Does he realize that he's here an hour before? I don't I don't think he realizes that he's in the past. Mm. But I think like when he sort of popped out of the cut, there's that feeling of being in the real world again, which is kind of almost comforting considering how uncomfortable the cut is right now. And he realizes that he's by the gatehouse that the others are probably going to have to come through at some point. And has this plan to stash stuff, and then, I don't know, something happens to sort of put him off it. Yeah. But, like, I think he sort of vaguely notices that there isn't the noise of the crowd outside, but I don't think it quite sinks in, because there's a lot else going on, and silence where there shouldn't be silence isn't necessarily something that he's paying attention to. I think as you come out, the thing that is apparent is there's, like, screams and shouts, an, an alarm is ringing. Imagine you almost being on like a little bit of scaffolding along one of the walls. There's just some wood that has been put here as there's like a crack in the wall that is a good place to like fire out of. Very temporary and like badly built, but you're there. I think you notice from like one of the opposite balconies, Cloak Stance comes out from like down the corridor and is shouting, Oh God. Medic, we need a medic. Sound the alarm, we're under attack. Good. There are assassins among us. Keep your ears sharp. And say, like, swish their cape around and, like, walk back down the corridor. But, like, everyone here has just sprung into life. And I think that's what makes this risky. Like, you're, you've landed here, you probably weighed this place up, and you can see a small, a small hiding place amongst some crates, sort of towards the back of this room that you could hide these explosives in. But it's going to be risky to get across there. Um, I think Ash sort of slumps against the wall and kind of sits sits down for a second, holding his stomach. She kind of takes a breath and goes, okay, 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 okay. Uh, like, waits until he can't hear anyone and just kind of stumbles across the room, sort of from, from crate to crate, and tries to tries to stash this thing. And it's, it's still, still minus one dice, right? Yeah, especially for this one, because you're doing physical stuff. Okay, um, so I could get up to one dice if I pushed myself, which... That's if this is the finesse, like, maybe the challenge here is getting across the room without being seen, so maybe it is has become a prowl. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Give you two dice, right? Plus any pushes or devil's bargains or anything like that. Oh, go on then, I'd forgotten about that. What's the devil's bargain look like in this particular situation? I get to choose where you come out next. <laughs> yes, I like that. Sometimes you just know what the devil's bargain should be. <laughs> that is a five. All okay. right. Um, on a five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer harm. A complication occurs. You have a reduced effect. You end up in a position. So is this just Ash, like, sneaking across the room, like, dodging behind barrels and things like that? Or is it more athletic? Or um, Yeah, I think it's... Like I think athleticism is out of out of the question right now, so I think it's just moving very carefully, timing everything perfectly, just staying out of sight the way he's really good at, basically. Mm. And I think he he kind of makes his way across to this little hidey hole and just kind of looks around, stashes the stuff, and just kind of looks down at his hands and realizes it's kind of there's, there's blood coming from his stomach and just kind of paints this like fish on the wall in his blood, and. Uh, has a little bit of a grin to himself, realising how much it's going to mess Ezra up. 
uh, to see this. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think as as you do that, as you plant the explosives, and after you paint the sign, you suddenly feel very lightheaded. And I think you start to... Like, you reach out to steady yourself on the nearby wall, and as you do, it, your hand falls through. And I think the consequence here is that you end up in a desperate position. Unless you do something to stop yourself. If you want to resist this, like uh... you're more than welcome to, but I'll give you a glimpse of where you end up. Is it back in the office? Because that would be bad. No, I, I think you end up on the other wall. This is an hour before everyone else gets here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are within like a small watchtower on the outer wall of the prison. Oh. I think you appear just sort of at the side of this warm room. There's a fire going. You kind of end up like crouched at the back of it in full view of everyone there. <coughs> and you end up looking into the eyes of one of the prison guards as a guitar string is wrapped round his neck. And as you look up into those eyes, the guitar string like loosens and the body drops to the floor. And Kruna is stood looking at you and takes a step towards you. What do you do? Um, <laughs> uh, do, do we do this now or um, should we go back to Ezra actually? I, th- I, th- I think we go back to yeah. Ezra. Let's, yeah, let's, let's back and forth this. Yeah. So before we find out what happens there, Ezra, you've got your setup. Superb. Yeah, they have they have certainly paled somewhat since noticing the, the jubilant symbol on the wall. Because that sure looks a lot like blood, but it's probably fine. Mm. If you can paint, you're definitely still alive. So mm-hmm. So is there a particular place you're planting these explosives or are you just Well what I wanted to do mm-hmm. was the same little machine that Ezra used to kind of lay that spirit smoke, like that fog carpet, in the previous episode. Yeah. Put their vial of explosives on that with a sort of hastily gauged fuse of hopefully the right length, and then point it in the direction of where Ash has stashed his cache of everything. That sounds good. Um, which I guess would be another use of Ghost in the Machine, so it would be another stress. But that's okay. Yeah, so Ghost in the Machine is you can make inanimate objects move on their own as if possessed by a ghost. The ghost is me. The ghost is you. Okay, so I'll mark a stress off, and then I guess that's a... a tinker? It's it's rebinding this machine real fast to make it do what I want, right? Yeah, it could also be the wreck as well if we wanted to focus on like because if you're using Ghost in the Machine, oh, that just kind of works. Okay, I think that kind of works, and I think like the challenge here is how does the explosion go? Okay, I think then I only have one point in wreck. So what would a devil's bargain look like? I mean, it could also be a tinker if this is about precisely getting to those explosives. But yeah, no, no, I think you're right. Like the machine part is covered by Ghost in the Machine, which I've already taken a stress for. So. Yeah. I remember last time that Steve accepted the Devil's Bargain that when the Bismuth Bands arrive, the guards will be ready for them. Mm-hmm. So I think the Devil's Bargain here is that that gets ticked. There's a clock. The Bismuth Bands are closer to arriving. This takes time. Okay. You going for it? Yep. Sorry, Bismuth Bands. 
think that's at two or four now. Okay. I mean, it seems not all bad for them to get here. It's not bad for them to get here, but if you don't do something to... If you don't solve the situation before they get here, or you don't do something to help them first, yeah, they're not going to be in a good position. Okay. So what's what's this role? I think it's just risky standard, to be fair. Um, plus whatever you get from a setup action. When you perform a setup action, you have an indirect effect. Uh, anyone that follows through gets plus one effect level or improved position. So it's up to you. Plus one effect. Cool. So this is risky great in that case. Okay. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> it's a two. Wow. Oh dear. That's a double two. Um, so things go badly, you suffer harm, a complication occurs, you end up in desperate position, or you lose this opportunity. Um the explosions go off. Too big? Maybe, yeah. Um what happens when you're controlling one of these machines? Is it you give it a simple instruction and it just goes? Can you change it? I don't think I can change it once it's been set off, no. Okay. I think what happens is a figure appears on the balcony. Is Ezra still on that floor? Or have they kind of gone down a little bit? No, I think we were staying where we were for maximum kind of glider efficiency. Okay, so I think it the the figure is like, it's quite a long balcony, and you're probably hidden anyway. So I don't think the figure sees you, but you see them, and I think everyone in this room sees them because they stride, shouting as they reach the balcony, and that this person is Straunim Kalad, wrapped or half wrapped in bandages, half singed by ashes like firebomb earlier, and just in an absolute rage, and. As you watch your little spirit machine hopping towards the pile of explosives, like Straunim Kalad starts to address the collected Hellebore guard. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, soldiers, you know that we are under attack. That rabble out there are a mob sent by Nimshif. Already one of their assassins has attacked me. And I say no! Ezra swears under their breath. And, and like... Strau draws a sword. We are the brave and the righteous of House Nim Kalad, and we will not be put down by these rabble. We will kill all of them. Ready the ballista. Ready your arms. We charge. And I think as he says that, the explosion goes off, and it is... Huge and messy and loud. And in the moments that follow it, everything is chaos. Okay. It's a good speech. Yeah, mm. good luck with those ballistas, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of chaos. Hi. Ash, you, you kind of are crouched on the floor, stood a few feet. Away is the murderous crooner, who has just killed one of the guards, and is looking at you. Ash kind of scrabbles backwards, crab walking, sliding in in his own blood back across the floor until he bumps up against something, and he's just sort of panicked. Like, friend, friend, I'm a friend. You're you 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 you're on our side. I'm I'm sure, or at least uh, you, you were a minute ago. Okay, you're still on our side, right? 
I think Kruna tilts her head at you. I was like, I'm sorry, there's nothing personal in this, but I will make it quick. I know that it's not your fault that you were aligned with this house, but I'm sorry, I really am. And like, takes another what? step towards you. No, 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 it's Ash, it's Ash, we talked earlier, it's me. I'm, I'm with the, I'm with the, 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 the with Ezra and, and everyone. You, you don't have to kill me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Nimkalad. It's it. It's just there's just a lot of blood. It's a uh, you, you, you've got to recognize me, surely. <laughs> this sounds like a roll. Yeah, it probably is, isn't yeah. it? Um, sounds like a a sway, probably. How many dice you got in sway? I've got one. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I guess I guess bleeding is giving me the minus one, right? I don't think so in this case because it's not physical. I don't think. Okay. Um. I would like to use my new move, Daredevil. When you roll a desperate action, you get plus one dice to your roll if you also take minus one dice to any resistance rolls against consequences from your action. Okay, sure. I'd like to do that, please. That's, that sounds very good. Brave actions from Ash Pinder today. I, I, I've been building towards getting Daredevil for so long, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, every time it's like, I should take that move, it's like... Yeah, you should. Take it, Ash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So I'm not going to devil's bargain here. I'm just going to roll two dice. Okay, uh, let's see how I'm it goes. Not, I'm not, not going to keep make, making you come up with new new bad things. <laughs> new devil's bargains. <laughs> I'll give you a break this time. Effect level standard? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Wow. After last time's Fuck. load of sixes. Uh... Oh, dear. That's really bad, isn't it? Oh boy! Probably really bad. That's a, that's one or two, folks. I should have yeah. should have gone for the devil's bargain. Hmm. You get a you get an experience though, don't you? Because it was desperate. Oh yeah. That's nice. Go me. Hmm. What is fun here? Because <laughs> like Ash getting nearly murdered again is fine, but maybe not the most fun thing that can happen. Is there a weird cut thing that happens? I mean, it could be it could be both, right? I could take I could take harm and also like I don't know lose one of my my clock ticks or something like that. I guess what's on my mind is like, does Kruna do something, or is it like someone else realizes that Ash has been pulled through the cart and is like, "Cool, I'm gonna say hi to Ash." Oh, I love the image of Kruna stepping forward and say, "Have this guitar string held out." So a little bit unsure, but I think Say have come here to do a job, and Sarah Jackal, and Say look at you with genuine remorse and kneel in front of you and start to move the piece of string forward, and as it gets close to you, you feel something pull you backwards. And you're yanked back into the cup. Cool. And you can feel something pulling you, but it's almost as if something is pulling you in a different direction from before. And you can feel that. You can feel these quick, strong pulls against whatever is tying you into the cup. And I think as you look behind you, I almost imagine this being like scrabbling across the floor as you're pulled. You can see it. You can see the body of Lilium. 
And in one of their sort of great clawed leg segments, you you almost imagine you can see a piece of string that is attached to you and pulling you in that direction. What do you do? Do you want to resist? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, fuck this. Fuck <laughs> William. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to resist, definitely. At minus one dice, uh, resolve? Mm-hmm. I mean, resolve or prowess, it depends. Is, is Ash trying to, like, willpower out of this, or is this Ash just trying to run? It's the cut. I think there's a lot more of a, of a sort of mental and willpower thing to it than there is a physical thing. Yeah. Ash is having the worst time. Wow! Wow! I rolled another one, so I take five stress. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. Yeah. This is fine. Everything's fine. I think as as you manage to, like, pull away... You see Lilium one last time from above, their body partially splayed out across the now almost void-like chasm where the Winter's Lodge used to be, and I think they look much weaker and less fearsome than they did before, almost pinned to this place. And it's almost like a pang of sadness, but not quite, because this thing was absolutely about to just destroy you. Cool. Yeah, this this is fine. Where does Ash go next? You've got two segments left to use. I think I know what the last one's going to be, so I'm going to save the third one for a flashback to help Ezra. Okay. So Ezra. Yep. Everything is chaos. There is fire and smoke and blood. There are the shouts of the soldiers, and I think in those first instants. A lot of that seemed to be in response to Strau Nimkalad's cries. As you stop there for a second, like ringing in your ears, you also start to hear like what you think is the clang of metal on metal. What are you and Crick doing? I mean, I personally am taking a moment to feel really bad for Ezra and how often in the last couple of weeks they've come to from blacking out with explosions ringing in their ears and chaos around them this is this is three for three i hope ezra like wears earplugs ever yeah me too i think maybe just like crick grabs you and is like right okay it's time (laughs) well we're doing that and just there's just a moment where you are falling off the balcony before the wings and the gliding kicks in yeah i think you get dropped not dropped dropped but like i imagine there's a point where crick gets low enough and you almost have to like run onto the ground and you're like in the midst of all of the smoke that is in the bottom of this courtyard. I'm imagining this like big courtyard is almost like atrium like with like columns and like maybe a lower bit with like some water and stuff in. But right now, like none of that beauty, none of that space is apparent. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. Yeah. Like maybe you've got a better idea of this but i'm almost imagining this as like almost flashes of stuff happening as like ezra mm-hmm. is just moving through the space just getting glimpses of what's going on around them and trying to get to the gate yeah i think you see a few different things i think you definitely see some of the hellebore guard there's probably a degree to which they're arguing over how to interpret the orders of like are we trying to defend this place or are we just opening the gates and going out There's definitely, you see bits of fighting. Maybe you see a flash of the tall woman that you managed to convince joining you. You you see her and that's a young teenager like jump on one of the Hellebore guards. 
And I've got a question here as well. Ash, do you go to let anyone out? I know, obviously, the Nappers were, but are you doing any of that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. The the last place I wanted to go was to Mariana's cell. I think let's do that now. How did you find your way out of the cut and into the cells? Yeah, so I think as Ash is focusing, as he's like focusing on Mariana, the the little automata bot thing that Avery made to help him find Mariana just starts sort of twitching in his pocket. I can't remember exactly how it's described, but I think it was like a, a little bot similar to what Ezra had made and Avery had put something of Mariana's in it. I think it was a bit of scarf or something that would help Ash find her. And I think that starts twitching and he pulls it out and just basically focuses on the spirit and the sense of family and the memory of that sort of difficult conversation with Avery and the mood of the whole family and how much they miss her and all this sort of stuff and kind of uses that to guide him into finding the right exit sort of again just falls through a wall or just falls through a gap in in the air um, and just tumbles to the ground right next to to where Mariana's sat is is she in a, a cell of her own or like some kind of like larger group thing or probably larger i imagine this is the sort of place where it's just there's probably a mix there's probably a mix of some places which are like long palace corridors or like servants quarters that have been converted and it's just like lots of individual rooms one after the other but i think for a lot of like the general revolutionaries because there's been so many arrested recently like it's probably just like big cell spaces with Possibly like 40 or 50 people in. Maybe she's just like lent up against one of the bars, like sat down, and she looks up as, as you appear. Hmm. Ash? Oh, mum. Um, and he just sort of collapses and pushes himself back to his feet and falls into a hug. Are you inside the cell or outside? I'd like to be in the same in the same cell as her. Okay. And he goes, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um there's people coming. There's people coming. I don't know how long I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be able to stay. Um, take take this. And mm. he sort of wrenches the escapelet off his off his wrist and just sort of gives it to her and says, "You need you need a bit of a bit of your blood and it'll it'll unlock anything." Okay, just and he sort of looks around to to find the cell door and just kind of pushes off her. Sort of stumbles over to it and goes, "Just give me a sec. You do, you shouldn't need it for this." Um, and I'm gonna try and pick the the lock. I think as as you start to walk away, she like grasps you strongly and is like, "Ash, what happened to you? Why are you bleeding?" I I I haven't got time. I'll I'll explain it all. I'm gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. Just 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 when when the people come, you've got to help them. Okay. And just turns his back, tears streaming down his face as he's sort of desperately trying not to okay. look at her because that's just making it worse. And make your roll, I guess. I think this is probably risky standard. Yep. Okay. okay. I am definitely gonna push myself for this. What's a devil's bargain look like here? Um, hmm. I mean, I've described this as my last one. So, what if this is just like this is the last one? I don't get another. I don't get to help again. Yeah, no, I like that. Let's do that. Um. Oh, <laughs> there's the sixes. That's a crit. So you do it with like great effect. Um, I already got great effect because it's uh, fine lockpicks. 
so extremely yeah. great effect i guess whatever, whatever that is <laughs> what what are your fine lockpicks like why are they fine are they normal lockpicks has like ezra worked on them thrin what, what would ezra do to lockpicks to make them even better hmm theoretically could have maybe put a binding on them to make them sort of a little bit attuned to ash just so he's got better sensitivity mm. about you know what they're hitting and stuff yeah a bit escape litty almost because i was maybe thinking like what makes sense to me here if it goes beyond great is you being able to give those tools to someone else to get people out yeah yeah that makes sense i like that i think the thing that makes sense to me is like especially if you say that it's somehow bound to ash a little bit like is mariana watching you and like reaching out to like take them from you after you after you unlock the cell yeah that makes sense i like that yeah i reckon mariana would probably be able to use them like not as efficiently as ash but yeah pretty well mm -hmm. i think with her other hand she touches you on the cheek and like looks at you and is like be safe and goes to hug you of course always and that's probably the moment where you're pulled back. Yep. So Ezra, I think the other thing you see is there's definitely a fight happening in the space. You notice some of the people who are fighting the Hellebore Guard and you recognise them as people you know who were arrested. Good, that seems promising. Kinda. I think the thing that isn't promising is... So imagine this is the point where, like, a bunch of the Nappers have joined as well. Like, there are people trying to storm into this central space. I think the immediate impression you get is you're probably going to win. There's, like, more of you, but I think this is going to be very, very bloody unless you can get that gate open. Yeah, because we're trapped in here, right? Even if we're winning the fight, people are just going to get crushed. Yeah, you're trapped in here. You're much worse armed. Yeah. Like, they've got swords and spirit guns and all of that, and armour. So is this you going for the gate? Yeah, let's get these gates open. Should we do one less fortune roll to see what you, what situation you find at the gate? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Okay, so that's a five. I think as you reach the gate, you see a couple of Hellebore guards stood there. And as you're kind of crouched nearby, trying to work out how, how to get past them, I think you see Lena Fisher charge up and, like, just shoulder first crashes into one of them. <laughs> Hell yeah, Lena. Hell yeah, battle priest. Let's go. Yeah. What a legend. And I think not far after her, you probably see someone that you recognise but we've not seen on screen before. Like, you see Crick's mam, like, <laughs> run up and start punching the other one. Oh. <laughs> oh the dream Hell team. Yeah. And, like, it, it's a good start, but, like, you can quickly tell that they're not going to win this fight easily. Like there are another couple of guards, and they like draw swords and begin to advance on them. What do you do? Fuck. Okay. Oh, I can't leave Lena and Crick's ma'am. Not even for the gate. I mean, this is between you and the gate as well. Like. Okay. Um. Can I? Can I not to be screwed with again and push myself to try and um intimidate the guards just enough that we can kind of dodge past them? Sure. Yeah, so you can push yourself to cause someone to be intimidated. They might hesitate, pick a different target, or lose their cool. Yeah. 
I'm hoping for for just a brief lose their cool or something. Hmm. I, I imagine it's a lose their cool and find someone else in the fight sort of thing. Yeah. I'm curious about how you're going to do that. So, Ivar isn't here, mm. so he can't back me up on this. But I've got like a scene in my head of one of the things Ivar and Ezra do just like as pals is Ivar trying to teach Ezra like trick shots, mm. like accuracy stuff that Ezra is not very good at, but like once in a while will really nail. And I'm I'm hoping I can maybe go for that. Like doing a shot or something? Yeah. Cause like I'm quite I'm quite far away and I'm running. So it's it's gonna be difficult yeah. to do. And I don't want to hit Lena or Crick's mam, but did they go for a separate guard each or? I think they probably charged a small squad of okay. them and yeah, they, they were both like attacking a separate guard each. I think there's a bit where you're not sure whether they have just done this out of like mm-hmm. foolishness because they're also trying to get to the gate or whether this is like they've got separated from everyone else, but it's just yeah. those two at the minute. How many guards are they fighting? I think there's four of them. Two of them are down. Two of them are stood up. But the issue is they like the two that are stood up have got weapons drawn. Can I can I try and shoot them both? Like an actual trick shot? Yeah. Like an Ivar's taught me a moving kind of shoot from the hip thing that doesn't always land, but I'm gonna try really hard. Sure. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I'm gonna channel his cowboy energies. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it could either be like this is a one 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 shot, or this could just be like we're zooming out and doing a couple of shots here. Um, what would you like to use this? This is a skirmish. This is a skirmish, yeah. Cool. Uh, so you got two dice for that. Do you want to push yourself or gain a devil's bargain or anything? Devil's bargain. Am I? It depends whether I'm doing not to be screwed with or not, because I'd already be pushing myself. Oh, but well, if you're doing not to be screwed with, then you still get the effect of that pushing yourself. So you still get the plus dice, even if you're pushing yourself to do that. Okay. So how? what am I rolling? Uh, you'll get skirmish at plus one dice, so three dice. Um, risky standard. Okay. Oh! Hell yeah. It's a six. I started cool. this session with one stress and I'm nearly full up again. Same. <laughs> I mean, I say started. I mean... <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. What do you do? I yeah. I think it's kind of running towards the the gatehouse as I see this happen, like without breaking a stride. Just that voice of Ivar in their head being like, "No, go on, have another try. You can do it." They they pull. I think they only have a spirit pistol because they're not good enough to have any other kind of gun. Yeah. Pull the spirit pistol from their work belt and just like quick from the hip, fire two shots at the guards who are still standing, just like roaring as they advance. <laughs> um, I think one of them goes down. I think one of them it hits sort of in their shoulder and they just collapse to the floor. The other one, it bounces off their bismuth breastplate and they turn to look at you and point their sword in your direction. I'm going to shoulder charge him. Okay. Fuck the sword. <laughs> Momentum's on my side. <laughs> I think you do. You just like crash straight into them. Yeah, I think trying to go for just a full-on body slam. Uh, I'm trying to work out if this roll or you just do it. To be fair, 
Like you rolled a six on the first one. I did. Um, maybe give me a controlled roll. Okay. This is a skirmish again, for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's another oh, six, baby. Cool. I think you shoulder barge them and is it like, are you pushing them into like the wall or the floor? Um, I think the floor, I think hoping to knock them down, but keep running. Yeah. But I think the moment you knock them down, Lena like kicks them in the head and, and looks at you and like nods and then they're gone in the fog <laughs> or in the smoke. All right. What a reunion. Uh, and you're at the gate? Yep. I am getting this open. Uh, what would you like to offer that? Hmm. I guess, how are you doing it? My understanding of gatehouse mechanisms with the available mechanics of Embrace is it's probably just going to be a big thing that you turn, right? Yeah, I don't think... I don't even think this is, like, a thing that's going to be difficult to do, like in a technical sense it's just no. the physical strain of it and like the role is less like is Ezra able to do this but like is Ezra able to do it in a quick way could I offer you a ghost in the machine for the mechanism sure I don't think they'd have time to do a good binding but I do think they would have time to just run a knife along both of their hands slam their palms on it and like bind as they go convince it Hell to move yeah. in the direction that they're pushing mm. like all of the ember blood just like dripping onto it yeah just sort of oozing around the, the spokes of this wheel that they're pushing yeah um sure I think in that case make a roll I guess that's an attune yeah how, how much stress did, is this ghost in a machine one might be two because it's numerous objects, maybe. Or like a big object. It is big, I'll give you that. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> I got one stress left yeah. then. Yeah. Alright, here we go. <laughs> uh, do you want a devil's bargain or anything? I would love a devil's bargain because I physically cannot push myself. Okay. So the thing that I'm looking at is your vibrant connection. Yep. And that was specifically from Lilium, right? Yep. And Lilium is angry and has just been messed with, with Ash. And I think there's a load of like the cut stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I think it's like that wound gets worse. It becomes like a level two wound after this because you're like putting so much into this and you're still kind of tied to Lilium in some way. Yeah, I think they're definitely pushing past. This is not a good binding. I think it it will hurt. Yeah. And I'm like if we're playing Ryan, like you'd probably take wear from this. And like yeah. I, I imagine this is a similar thing. And I think it's going to become the level two harm of Escher like. Ooh. That sounds fine <laughs> and good. Like Escher like might be the wrong word, but like bits of your spirit start to refract bits of you. And it's almost as if like when people look at you, bits of your body are in different places. And like sometimes it to you it's like that as well. Oh. Cool. Cool. Okay. If you're happy with that. Let's take it. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, like kind of like a like a broken mirror situation. Like it just doesn't line up right. Yeah. 
Like, I, I imagine it's not necessarily your body is actually any different. It's just to you. That's how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you were touching me, it would feel fine, but the look is wrong. Yeah. You're like, but my finger is going the other way. And to anyone looking at you, which is probably the main thing, like, people look at you and go, what? What? Okay. Oof. So. Make your roll. Is this risky? Yeah, I think risky standard. A four. It's better than a three. You do it, but as a consequence, you suffer harm, a complication occurs, you have a reduced effect, you end up in a desperate position. I think the gate starts to open. Um, it st- starts to kind of like roll of its own accord. How is Ezra after this? Is Ezra just like woozy? Yeah, exhausted, I think. Mm. Like the head rush you get when you've been in a bath that was too hot for too long and then you stood up really quickly. Yeah. And I think as you like lean against the cold wall as the gate mechanism begins to like open, you kind of like look across the room and you you can see there is one of the Hellebore guards and the Hellebore guard has a gun and they are pointing it upwards and you realise that they're tracking Crick. What do you do? I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> Not Crick, obviously. <laughs> the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm, I'm going to try. I think it's a very like wiping the excess of sweat out of their eyes so they can vaguely see and squinting to stop the room swimming. Unfortunately, that might be a hunt. <laughs> can I use my last uh, flashback? Maybe. I thought, you, I thought you'd used it as a devil's bargain. But I, I would let you use this as a normal flashback if you want. Like, because I think you can still do flashback flashbacks. <laughs> okay. If you want to okay. do anything extra. Um, what if, like, in that brief moment, Ash was in the cell? He gave his mom a gun. I don't think, I don't think Ash is, is, is allowed a gun. <laughs> we don't let Ash have a gun. Technically, it's on my sheet, but no, we don't let Ash have guns. Um... <laughs> I think I think like one of the last things he said before he got pulled away was find Ezra, tell them I'm okay. So I think Mariana's been looking for you this whole time, and maybe that's enough to like just to help out with this. Yeah, I mean, like if if she's just kind of like found me and and is even just kind of like saying Ezra's name firmly enough, it might give them enough like grounding in mm. being in the room to take the shot. Yeah, of just like Ezra, and then just being able to shoot better. The other option is Mariana just takes the gun from you and shoots the guard. But... I thought you were going to say just slaps you, which is also good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ezra, what did you do to my son? <laughs> if Mariana takes the gun, do I not have to roll? Because I have no points in hunt. It's going to be really bad. Oh, it's probably a skirmish, though, right? Oh, is it? So hunters attack with precision shooting from a distance, but I think. There's a degree to this which is like this is all very close and in tight quarters. Yeah. So I don't mind skirmish being the thing that is used here. Yeah, I'll go for skirmish then. I think I like the idea of just being kind of like brought brought around by Mariana and yeah. focusing for the four seconds it takes to, to shoot this person. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I guess there's stress if you want this to count as a help-ish. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so be one stress for that. <laughs> so I'll go go back up to eight stress. Oh, I'm on eight too. Twinsies. 
This has gone so well. <sighs> yeah. Okay, let's roll this then. What what am I rolling? Maybe this is risky limited if it's a skirmish, yeah. but like limited means you're gonna do enough to like put the guard off and make them miss the shot, was like standard would be like you might take the guard down. Yeah. That's a five. Okay. Um so on a five complication curse. Um We've always described these guns as having like this sort of lazy shot, right? Yeah, like arcs of lightning almost, but not quite. Yeah, and I think maybe that hits the guard and it hits them in like the bismuth of their breastplate. And I think there's still enough, almost like a static shock to like surprise them. But I think they absolutely know it's you. Like they turn to look at you and I think they raise their gun. To take a shot at you instead. What do you do? Ezra might just take this shot. Just take another one. No, as in get might just get shot. <laughs> They're really, really tired and they did all the things that they had to do. They might just like slump back down against the gate machinery and just kind of hope. <laughs> really hope he misses. Gate's open, Crick's not dead. Time to sleep. Mm. Yeah, gates open, Creek's not yeah. dead. Presumably Mariana has yelled something about having seen Ash. Mm. Is, so is this like as we're just diving into cover almost? Yeah, like falling inelegantly behind cover, just sort of clattering down around the gate machine and just sort of scooching around behind it as much as they can. Okay. It's probably worth noting that you've still got your special armor left. Well, that's what I thought. I I'm, I'm, might just kind of take the shot they might might just let this happen is there something they've got that like allows them to take this i think we've talked a little bit about ezra's work gear being their armor and that it is like it's sturdy in that it is very thick fish scale and stuff but they've done some some binding on it or some bismuth infusing of it so that when you know their binding goes wrong it doesn't hurt them so it's not as good as bismuth armor but it, it might like take some of the sting yeah Hmm, is armor specifically harm, or... I don't care. <laughs> I may expend my special armor to reduce harm caused by weapons, machinery, or devices. Yeah. So this is, like, more of a consequence, but I also don't mind. Like, this feels like what this is. So, yeah, we, we could turn the consequence to be harm, if if that makes more sense. Yeah, if the consequence was they've noticed me and they're going to shoot me instead. Yeah, so, so, so they shoot and it hits your armor... But your armor like largely protects you, and I think you probably just slump down for a moment. Yeah, I think they just sort of slide to the floor. They might be laughing at this point. <laughs> like, just everything's a lot. Yeah, and you probably see the person who like fired the gun. In the next instant, they're gone. As like someone comes and like hits them or something like that. And I'm going to give you the level one harm exhausted. Yep, that's very reasonable. Is exhausted the one? Or is it like something beyond exhausted? Like almost like a reckless exhaustion. It is yeah, reckless exhaustion is is quite good. It is definitely that. Yeah. And maybe in the moments that follow, we hear the cry as Nilcat leads the rest of the revolutionaries into Last Reach Jail. I don't think it takes long for the place to fall. 
with the gates opened and the prisoners unleashed, and many of the prison guards turned against Nim Kalad's hellebore guards, I think things happen quickly. And I don't think we see it in great detail. I think we just see like snippets of the fight as probably does Ezra like wander through it? I think they might just watch it from where they are on the floor. Okay. I think at some point through it, you realize that Nilcat is stood in front of you. And he reaches one of his arms downwards to pick you up. And they just sort of blink at him a couple of times and then like squint to focus. All right, sunlight. You're a sight for sore eyes. How, uh, how is it? How's. You're having a snooze down there? Sleeping on the job? That's me, yeah. You can't ever get me to do out, can you? Are we. Are we done? Nilcat like holds you to, to your feet and like clasps you in like a big hug and is like, we did it. We fucking did it. And like just sort of pulls you through this place as like stuff happens around you. Though like people like celebrating, you see some of the Hellebore guards who have surrendered and like the revolutionaries taking away their weapons. You see the revolutionaries who had been prisoners, like, meeting and hugging with with their comrades. You maybe see some of the other prisoners, like, standing sheepishly at the back, not quite sure what to do. Oh, fuck, we did. <laughs> what are we going to do with a prison, Nils? <laughs> fuck. No, no, cactus kind of, it's like, you got us in, leave that, leave that to me, I, I'll, I'll deal with it. And just, like, you probably, like, stood nearby as Nilcat kind of, like, starts to... Like, it's probably a mix of, like, organising people to take weapons, take posts, and make sure that this place can't be taken again. Mm-hmm. There's probably some degree of, like, assessing damage. I imagine, like, the worst of it is probably for, like, the bismuth bands, because we set that up and I don't think anything happened to stop mm-hmm. that. I think we probably find out that Steed, Steed Quarry, the, the, the like, one of the bismuth bands that you know, like probably led the rest of Abyss with friends into just a trap and an ambush and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. I think the other person that definitely didn't make it is Strau Nimkalad. I think Strau is found with a red line around his neck, just slumped over the balcony. Well, who possibly could have done that? Yeah, who, who could have done that? Um, but I think largely... Kruna and Rinsea probably fall in to help you organize this place for its defense. They seem fairly knowledgeable about this place, and like Rinsea in particular seems extremely good at getting people organized. Like there's definitely a degree of like military knowledge mm-hmm. there. I think Status Raglan joins in as well. Like Status is probably less effective, but like just as what's the word? Enthusiastic. Just as enthusiastic. You know, clapping people on the back, saying, well done, well done, and all of that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to we need to talk about here. Cloak's Dance. Hmm. Hmm. I think Cloak's Dance is arrested. Like, I feel there's a point where Cloak's Dance was probably one of the last to surrender, but like at the moment that Say realized that Say weren't making it out of it here, they, they surrendered and laid down the sword. Is there anything else you want to know about here or anything else you want to do? No, I think like once they come around enough to be useful, Ezra's probably just catching Lena and the other imprisoned revolutionaries up on like what's going on. Mm. 
Lena probably spends a little bit of time talking to you. Like, sits opposite you and is like, are you okay? I mean, yeah. Technically, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here and... And I'm alive, and we did we did it. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm fine, or I should be fine. I don't I don't know, Lena. She reaches out to like put a hand on your knee and spends like a split second too long trying to work out where to put her hand. <laughs> yep. And like looks at you and is like, "Thank you." Ah, you're welcome. I can't believe that you did this, but thank you. I think at that Ezra does laugh like genuinely quite amused and it's like oh you've known me long enough now Lena this is the stupidest thing we could possibly have done of course I did it you're welcome though it means a lot not to me god we we might genuinely have a chance we might actually do this yeah yeah it feels weird doesn't it and I think Lena maybe calls to someone. Probably, like, sees someone going past with, like, a blanket or something and, like, calls to them and tells them to put, like, a blanket on you and, like, gives you, like, a hot drink and then goes away to, like, talk to people. And I think she spends a lot of her time looking after people. Basically, like, rallying people and providing comfort. Before we go to Ash and where he has turned up, the last thing we see is... I think we start to see people being loaded onto the ships. I think there, there is a small contingent that are going to stay here on Last Reach. And I think there's definitely a degree to which, in the broader revolution strategy, they now control Tail's End in this place, so it's like they control both sides of the river. But most of the people, most of the people are heading away. And I think as that is happening, we probably hear some mutters. Some of the sailors of the Laceport beneficiaries, like, I'm really surprised that the Nim shifts didn't turn up. And I think we see a small ship turn up. It is one of the revolution ships carrying a message. And that message gets brought straight to the small council of people that are managing the jail now. Like Nilka and Lena and Rinsea and Kruna and Status and Yuezra. And it carries news for the reason that the Nim shift warships didn't come here. And that's because while you were away, and while the rest of the revolution were away, marching up to the top of the Marrow with Oaken and Ivar, the Nim shifts have launched their attack on Tail's End. So Ash, I think... You get pulled for a last time through the cut, and this time, I don't think you have the strength to quite resist it. You you probably try. There's always so much more to do. There's so many more ways you can help. But you just can't quite stop this thing from pulling you. It's almost as if you're spinning round as you land in this room. And all of a sudden, as you're rotating, the floor is solid against your back. And the first thing that hits you is the smell of the soil and the greenery. Then there's the moisture in the air. It is warm in here and humid. And as you blink your eyes open, you see that all around you are great, weird plants. 
And I think beyond them, you can see a latticework of iron and glass, a great domed greenhouse. I think as you lay there on the ground, you start to roll slowly over. You see that you're not alone in this space. You can see two figures ahead of you through your blurred vision. The first you recognize instantly. She is kneeling on one knee, head low. You can see the burned cheek of your aunt, Galena. You bastard. And the reason she's kneeling is that stood in front of her is the towering figure of Khan Nimdaker. And as you roll to your side, I think Khan turns to look at you and says, We have been waiting. And like looks back down at Galena, takes the head in one hand and says, Haven't 